Stand clear. 100% wild podcast. So for all you listeners, hello and welcome to definitely not your favorite outdoor podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. This is episode number 272, and we are powered by DeerCast. And we got Matt Drury, and we got Tim Chelsvik, and we got DeerCast, the next generation. All right, so Tim and I... We're listen, both wearing deer cast shirts. Here. That's right. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yep. Twins. And, and the reason why there's a purpose for today's podcast. Yeah. We don't have a guest, but it's because we want to dive in to something we're so excited about. We've been working on this thing for basically about two years now, <laughs> year and a half to two years. Night and day. And uh, it's been a long time coming, but we are announcing that you can now go update your app and upgrade to deer cast maps. Dude. We have maps, Tim. <laughs> Don't do that. <clears throat> I'm excited. It's a long time coming. Yeah. So, uh, so you guys are kind of like, you're gonna get a discount on DeerCast. Mm. We're gonna tell you what the secret discount code is a little later in the show. So At the end. Be. <laughs> Sure to stick around for it. But or we're maybe gonna... the middle. You don't know. You have to listen. <laughs> this is a completely unscripted session on like we did a bunch of one-on-one videos for DeerCast, the next generation. But we should trademark that, by the way. Oh sounds really good. Next generation, yeah. I think it's Star Trek. Oh, those stinkers. Yeah. So but we're gonna take you through like the practical applications of what the new DeerCast features can do for folks. But we're also gonna give you some behind the scenes stuff that just the normal folks that are downloading from the app stores won't get a chance to and, see. And hear. the reason why I wanted to, I mentioned this to Tim earlier, I wanted to give you guys um, a discount because I, I view the Rack Packers, the 100% wild listeners as insiders. I thought you were gonna say idiots. Well, <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> There's some in there. <laughs> I'm not naming names. <laughs> That's kind of why we're all part of this group, right? We name names in a podcast back and we've heard about it. So we're not going to name names anymore. <laughs> I don't think he was pleased. I don't either. Uh, <clears throat> so the unnamed anyways. person. Yes. So we'll get to the shenanigans at the end here and some of the, the reindeer games at the end of this thing. But we do want to go through, you know, kind of what this you know, new version of DeerCast can do because when we set out to add maps into this deal from the get-go, we wanted to make sure that it had a purpose for deer hunters. It had a purpose for land managers. It had a mm -hmm. purpose for the, the hardcore guy that's spending the a lot of white time. Hunter. Yeah. And <clears throat> that's not a knock on. There's a lot of mapping solutions out there. Some, you know, fantastic solutions, but Sometimes when I go into these platforms, I wonder, man, what, is there an easier way to get to X, Y, Z feature, mm -hmm. you, you know, and, and I don't really need this, or this doesn't apply to kind of the style in which we hunt, Yeah. but can we make features that, and tools, we like to call them tools that will help, um, uh, the hardcore guy. So, you know, when you have people like Mark and Terry who, you know, and, and then you, you know, by default, Wade and Perry and Forrest and Scott and these guys that really are super users, super users to the max, mm -hmm. to the nth degree. And, and you see kind of how they use a map 
tool and you go, okay, these are the, these are the things that are a must need inside here. And then here's some of the stuff that maybe is just kind of like not applicable to our world. And do all that at a price point that is, that brings a really solid value to folks. So we know, like, especially right now, dollars are getting tight and people's dollars that they have dedicated to hunting, like that everything is shrinking. And so we wanted to make sure that we came out of the box with something that was affordable and brought you guys a really good value because uh, it's just important to us. Yeah. So we'll go through, you know, we won't go through every single thing. Well, at a high level, we'll probably touch on, touch on a lot of it, but some of the things that we're most excited about, we'll dive into, um, at probably a more extended look and kind of show you how we use them and how we've been testing them. We beta tested this all last fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really have made a lot of improvements and still you, you might download, you might hear this podcast, go download the, the new version of the app and <clears throat> there might be a new release next week and then two weeks from now and then, you know, a month from now and we're continuing to refine it. We already have a lot of plans to improve uh, some of the feature sets and keep making them kind of super powered mm-hmm. inside there. And so by the time deer season hits, this thing's going to be rocking and rolling and it's already, you know, a superpower. So I'm, I'm excited about about what it's going to be able to do. We're really proud to share this with you guys. Uh, we should also say that nothing goes away in any of the uh, in any of the subsequent tiers. So if you were a free user, a pro user, or an elite user, all those same great features are still there. In fact, there are some under the hood improvements and enhancements that have been made that are, that's going to make the app even uh, perform at, a, at an even higher level. Yeah, that is a great point because you know we we realize you you mentioned times are tough and getting tougher and inflation, everything seems to go be getting out of control here and gas prices and everything that fertilizer costs, everything that affects hunters um, specifically. We don't want to add to that. Mm -hmm. So pro and elite, you know, you are free for that matter. If you're a free user, that still exists, like Tim said, but man, these, these next levels up um, are at price points that frankly um, I, I, you know, I, I feel very, very confident in saying are kind of unheard of in our world for the quality of what you'll be receiving. Yep. So, you know, we got a $10 version in pro, $20 version in elite, and then elite plus is basically $49.99, $50 version. And then unlimited, which is the top tier is uh, $74.99. So 75 bucks. So, you know, if you think about what all you're going to be getting with that, uh, pretty incredible. Yeah. It's a one-stop shop now. Everything you need is in DeerCast. You know, the price point we're super comfortable with. We're excited about. Hopefully, it's an offering to our consumer that goes along with the original DeerCast, which is a fair offering, I feel like, for what you get in the app. Yeah, a good bang for your buck, as they say. Yeah, so uh, without any more delay, I'd say, let's, Alan, let's go ahead and do screen share, and I'm going to share my phone, and we'll jump into some of this stuff here. So, all right. You go to the DeerCast app, and I should say, first thing you need to do, obviously, if you don't have automatic updates on your apps, go to the App Store, type in DeerCast, and update your app. And then all these new features will show up. So the easiest way to know if you have the new version of the app is to look at the very bottom of the navigation bar there, and you should have a new icon. That's It's a map folded out. That's the second icon icon to the left. So you see it down there. Uh, another way to tell is if you go to your hourly DeerCast at the very top, if you're in that home kind of homepage, 
you should now have a 14-day forecast option. Um, so one, five, 10, and we added 14 day. That is part of the elite plus and the unlimited, unlimited. feature. Yeah. So if you, you know, if you currently have say pro or elite, uh, and you go to click that 14 day, a subscription message will, will pop up to allow you to upgrade. Um, so I guess before we go too much further into what all, um, a specific level has, I guess, should we maybe do a comparison of what, like basically all the new map features that we launched are in that elite plus tier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can get everything that we have to offer for $50, except for the all States plot data, parcel data. Yep. And, um, you can get that in unlimited. So if you were to go to elite plus and you just want one state, so you just hunt Illinois or Indiana or wherever, and you only need one state, you would go to Elite Plus, and when you sign up for it, it's going to ask you to choose your state, and it'll confirm that's the state that you want to choose. It's a drop-down menu. You choose your state. Obviously, for me, if I, if I just had one state, I would have chose Missouri. And um, and then if, if you come, you know, down the, the line, all of a sudden you get an opportunity to hunt a different state and you weren't expecting it or you just want to have all states, you can upgrade at any time to unlimited. And uh, you just go, you know, go to the map and go to the, the next state that you're wanting to hit on. And if parcel data is on, you'll be able to click the map mm -hmm. and it'll give you an upgrade message. Yep. So, yeah. So that's really the big differentiator between Elite Plus and Unlimited is Unlimited gives you all 50 states. So so essentially for another 25 bucks, you're getting all 50 states, parcel data, landowner information. Yeah. And and I think we should probably start with um, parcel data, plot data and and how that works. So it's a it's a little different than, say, like an on X, but I think it is similar in all the other uh, mapping companies out there in that it pulls more of a plot data from your local you know, mm -hmm. from the local counties, from a county level for each state. Yeah. So one of the properties that I hunt in West County, St. Louis is owned by one organization, but it was purchased over time. And so you see the different kind of plats within the larger piece of ground that they own. So, you know, historically, maybe they, they added another couple hundred acres here and there over time. You will see individual plats within that that make up that full 200. And we should also say that for our Canadian users, we have there it we have some uh, boundary line data for places in Canada, mostly areas that are more inhabited. Um, but the, the, the folk, it's just really difficult to get plat line data from Canada and the way that it's reported there. So there's some, it's not all, it's not complete, uh, but there is some uh, property line information for our Canadian users. All right. So, you know, to start out, as you look at the screen, I guess I, I should also say, um, the way to get to what we call layers is the top right, that hexagon kind of square yeah. box in the top right. And that's probably the best like distinction to make because on your maps, there's two modes. One is your layers button in the upper right. And then the other is your creation tool on the kind of middle right sign. section. Yeah, that's like anytime you want to add an asset to your map, you're using the creation tool. Anytime you want to see those assets, you're using the layers menu. And you can choose just about as many layers as you want to throw on your map at any given time. Yeah, so... Um so first, you know, we're talking about this this 
the, the parcel data or plot data or whatever. And um, so you go up to the layers at the top right, and you, you click parcel data on, and um, you got to zoom in to the area that you want. And if you look at it here, it's, it, like I said, it's different by every county and, and how they record, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the actual plot data itself. So it might break it into 40 acre sections on a, on a 200 acre farm that's owned by the same person. Yep. And it's, and it's broken into those different sections. So do be aware of that. It isn't, it isn't outlining it from a perspective of, uh, you know, the full 240. One owner. Yeah. yeah. Um, it just depends on, on how the, the data itself is recorded. Cause we use an API, a company where we get all this data and pull it in. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it does have the tax address, the lat launch, the, you know, who, who owns it, um, the, how many acres and then the County that you're in. In case so, you want to go snooping around and try to pick up some new ground to hunt. Yeah, exactly. So right out of the top, we, we do have that. Um, I'm going to turn that layer off. And while we're in this layer menu, you kind of see all the things. These are these are kind of the, the big features. We have live Doppler radar, and we'll, we'll kind of dig into some of this stuff. And th this <laughs> is my Doppler favorite. This radar. is the thing that I use. One of the things that I use the most during the actual season. Mm -hmm. If we were sitting out there, you're trying to hit a front and watching it, waiting for it to come through and go over the map where your waypoints are, are you know when it's about to hit. Basically, it's two hours past and two hours in the right. future. And it's really, really clean. Like if you go compare it to even the Weather Channel app, I feel like now it's not as long. We don't have as much in the future, mm. but we chose a cleaner Doppler in lieu of longer duration. Yeah, we also get accuracy thrown in there. The farther you go out in the future, the less accurate the the Doppler becomes. Yeah. So, so I'm a huge fan of the the radar in there. But we also have um, paths. So track your path, path tracking, you know, whether you're on a deer, you know, tracking a, a blood trail or mm -hmm. whether you're, you know, going in and, and seeding a food plot or just wanting to know where you've been. Creating a trail to, to a new stand. That's right. It, it, it all runs off your GPS. So you don't even need good cell service for this uh, aspect to work. Yeah. And then um, parcel data, we went through distances, basically your ability to have a, a rangefinder with you at all times and, you know, decide, I think this feature is best. Not only there's a couple, a couple good uses for it. One would be like during the season, say you do forget your rangefinder you don't have a mm -hmm. rangefinder to be able to say all right i'm sitting here in my stand and i need to know what the distance is across the field i need to know to that tree over there that scrape or whatever yeah. you get the exact distances and uh, another good way to utilize that would be you know say you need to know how far your walk in is to a stand mm -hmm. or I, that's how i find myself using it a lot last year when i was beta testing this i used it to figure out what the distance on a pinch point was so i could see it on the map but i wanted to make sure can i shoot across this and so i was able to pick a stand location based on using the distance tool yeah and again we'll go through some of this stuff in, in more detail uh plot area we combine these th things as a you can measure I mean, with pinpoint accuracy, and that's what I love, the crosshairs and how mm -hmm. we go to to utilize this feature. But you can outline an entire area, say your whole farm, uh, and, and create an outline for that. And it's mm -hmm. going to give you the actual distances of each line that you create as you're creating the area and then a total acreage. Yeah. And then the other 
aspect of that is you can, as you're making it, you can make it a, a food plot instead, which then allows you to select the type of food that you're planting. We got a, a bunch of pre kind of pre-recorded kinds of crops, crops in there. You can select what you're, you're doing. And then by knowing the acreage, it'll allow you to, you know, do all kinds of things, know what your seed rate is, know how many, how much chemicals, you know, the equations you need for your chemicals and all types of things. So we'll dig into that in a minute. Uh, offline maps, which is, is pretty crucial. Um, when you look at edge of service, you know, a lot of people will be hunting in areas that just aren't great mm -hmm. and don't have great service. So, it's a no before you go scenario. You want to download your offline map. You can download a one mile, a five mile, or a 10 mile uh, for, for that area. Mm -hmm. You want to download it ahead of time and you got good internet. And then when you get to crappy service, you can just switch over and all your waypoints are there. You can still do pass. You yep. can do all the same stuff. The with, only th with the, yeah, yeah. You were going to say Doppler radar because yep. yeah, you're not connected to the internet at that point to get the live feed. But that's the only thing that does not work on offline Correct. Maps. So offline maps is, is the key, I think, to the success of your experience inside DeerCast Maps mm -hmm. when you're out in the field specifically. It's one thing to be at your desk or at home mm -hmm. and tooling around when you know you got good service, but you want to make sure you're prepared for when you go out into the boonies. And, and yeah. you know, really that's when you need your map the most. So make sure you prepare ahead of time and download your offline maps. And that that I find myself using as much as anything. I got several farms that are just in not great reception areas. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I switch over to offline maps as soon as I hit the farm and go to all my work and it all saves when you get back into service it it's all there in your regular map as well so that's a that's a huge key to the success in, in your experience well, a lot of times around the house i'll use my ipad to look at deer cast it's a little bigger screen and so i'll i'll save my offline maps on my ipad when i open my phone those same offline maps will be kind of in my offline map menu, but I have to actually download them. Like I have to hit refresh so that they download to the device. Like you yeah. got to think about them as almost like a physical asset that your device needs to have. So they're all listed there, but you'll need to load them on. Yep. Correct. And, um, last, but let me close out of this here. Last, but certainly not least, and I saved this for last because I'm the most excited about this, would be our new rain station feature. And that's where we're going to start. Uh, rain station is something that I think everybody, you know, that, that whether you plant food plots or not, you need to know what's happening from a moisture standpoint at your farm for your the health of your herd mm -hmm. for fronts coming through for the, all kinds of reason, but especially if you're a food plot guy, I mean, that's huge to know, you know, to be able to see how much rain you've received since you planted a food plot, how much rain you might be getting in the next, you know, 14 days, the projection, the next 72 hours, whatever the case may be. So we're going to hone in on this feature first. Um, so as you see, I'm zooming in on my map and, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to turn uh, rain station off. And, and so, you know, by default, your waypoints are always turned on Good point, yeah. by default, but you can turn your waypoints off by going into that layer menu. I'm going to click it again here, going into layers, turning it off. You can turn all your waypoints off, but for this, um, the purpose of this, I, I personally like having them on because when you back out of your maps, it really allows you to see, say you have a, you do have a couple different spots that you've hunted or that you're going, especially as I really back out here, it allows me to see where my spots are and get to them very quickly. We have a hack for that. We'll show later, but uh, that's pretty cool. But um, 
for now, I'm going to dive back into a farm and show you a, a good way to use rain station. So when you pull up, I, I got waypoints on, I did click the layer to turn rain station on. And here you see that I have already put in three rain station. This is on my, my new farm. And, um, you can get variations in totals depending on where your rain gauge is. In this instance here, these are all so close together. I won't get variations in these totals. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, not a, a big distance. Well, let me go to line distance real quick. You can actually measure that. And measure that. So I so to, to measure that, I went down to the plus sign and I'm going into tools. I click distance and you see the deer cast reticle pop up and I'm going to place a point. And from one to the next, it's 92.9 yards. And then to the next rain station, it's another 146 yards for 239 yards total. So that kind of gives you an idea how the, the um, distance tool works. I'm going to end that and I'm going to delete it. Uh, and cancel out of here. So, because and, and we should say that you can save those distance measurements. Like if you just want to have, if you want to have shooting lanes listed yeah. on your uh, on your deercast maps, uh, it'll save them. Then yeah, put them on your map. Okay, so I'm diving into range station here. I click on the icon. I've already selected it, but but it's easy to place a new one. You just go back to that plus sign, go to range station, and mm -hmm. and like a waypoint, you put in that rain station and, and label it. So I planted this food plot. I, I planted clover and oats here on this particular plot. Um, and let's see here. I'm going to turn on my plot area. So this particular plot I planted on May the 12th. Well, when I planted it, I set a rain station. And here's how I like to use it. You're going to find a billion ways you want to use rain station. I personally believe it's going to be one of the biggest tools that, you know, that a user utilizes inside yeah, that. But I've set this on May the 12th. That's the day that I planted. So I planted the food plot. And then when I got home that night, I, I set up this rain station. Cause from that point on, I wanted to know how much rain I was going to get. Sure. So the reason why that's important, if you look down the lower left, this is the historical rain that I've received from the start date of May the 12th to the end date of June 28th, which is the day we're filming this podcast. And if you need to understand exactly what each of these data points means, there's a little red I button that you can click and it tells you. So for historical precipitation fallen from the selected date and time up to 12 a.m. this morning. So it says 12 a.m. of it's saying 12:21 p.m. That that's just giving you an update of the current time. But the reality is, it gives you up till 12 a.m. of June 28. Mm -hmm. Now, what you can do is, and you see, I have no rain listed for today, the current day, and, and that's why it stops at 12 a.m. Kind of last last night, almost because you're getting what has fallen during this. 24 hour block during the current in the current day field. Yeah. So if in current day field precipitation has fallen since 12 AM this morning until now, uh, plus what's predicted to fall until midnight. So uh, there's no rain in our forecast here, uh, today, but let's click the end date all the way out. I can go all the way out 14 days. So, uh, July 13th, I click done. 
and it's given me a result of 0.67 inches. And mind you, we're in the heat of the summer. There's yeah, not much rain. It's, it's hard to really showcase these features, the, the rain station specifically, because there's just not any rain in the forecast. But it gives you that date range. June 29th to June 13th, we have 0.67 inches of rain forecasted. Um, if, if I could just interrupt real quick, we, we took a lot of time to ensure that we got the right and the best data source for this information. So this is this is what uh, big agriculturalists, big farmers use to understand what rain and moisture they have to work with in their ground. That, that's a great point. So we're utilizing an API. It's a, a, another company's technology that's the best out there in the ag world. And we're utilizing it and we created this version of it to fit what hunters mm -hmm. yep. need the most. So um, if you look at the top line there, and this is last 24 hours, current hour, next 72 hours, those become more important, I think, as you get into the season and you're hunting and you kind of want to know what's coming, you know, and the bottom section of this, the, the rain checker is kind of more important for food plotting for looking way out mm -hmm. in advance to see how much rain you got. And I should say you can go check any 365 day period dating all the way back to 1980. So why that might be important, you might want to go and say, okay, you know what, how much rain did I receive on this plot last year? And you go and click May 12th, 2021 through let's say September 15th, 2021. And it'll give you a, um, It'll give you that historical info. So I'm going to actually go ahead and do that. So I'm going to go back to May 2021 and I'm going to pick the date, May 12th, and then click done. Okay. Okay. It's out of, it's saying it's out of range because I've gone past the 365 day period. So I'm going to click the end date and I, you got to go to the year 2021 first. And now it, it lets you then go to any month in that year since we're kind of going back in time. And I'm going to pick September 15th. All right, the start of the Missouri season. All right, so now you see in the rain checker just below that, the start date's May 12th, 2021. The end date September 15th, 2021. It shows that last year for this food plot, I received 23.26 inches of rain. And having an understanding of that historical data really helps you understand if you're on track because because the reality is if you look at average rainfall for a year, it usually there isn't a huge. Um, it's pretty standard. Yeah, a huge huge difference between the the yearly totals. Mm -hmm. So if you got a period where you had a ton of rain the year before, and then this year you're like lacking that rain, you need to check around those months and say, you know what, did I have more rain? before this period or mm -hmm. after this period. Yeah. And, and that might give you an understanding if you're on track for, you know, the amount of rainfall you probably will get in any given mm -hmm. month period. Does that make sense? Am yeah. I yeah. kind of talking in circles there a little bit? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I've looked at a couple different pieces to see just, uh, just what I can expect. Uh, just because usually a rainfall averages out to be about the same year to year. It may, like, I think what you're saying is it allocates itself maybe a little differently. Maybe you get a little earlier, Correct. maybe a little later. The other thing that you can do with this is you can figure out just what kind of crops are going to grow best by knowing what type of precipitation you get. 
Like you could, you could talk to someone at biologic, you talk to someone at your local university extension about what kind of plants are going to grow best with the given moisture that you have to work with. Yeah. So, you know, here's, here's what would be interesting in this, in this, in this uh, section, if I go up to say August, because that's typically like late August, let's say the 20th it's brutal is when we tend to plant our fall food plots. So from August 20th, 2021 to September 15th, 2021, we only received 3.3 inches of historical rain in that spot. So it, not to say you're going to get a lot more or a lot less mm -hmm. this year, but it does help to be able to go back and check what kind of rainfall totals you were getting yeah. in years past. It gives you an idea. And then, so last year was the first year I really started focusing in on food plots and I used the the numbers there at the top, kind of that first bar that's shown last 24 occur and then next 72. Yeah. Cause I was trying to time my planting. I wanted to get it the I was planting some hot spot. I wanted to get it in the ground and know that rain was coming real quick because it's so hot that time of year. I didn't want things to sprout and then just get burned. And, and you couple off. that with the the Doppler radar, the live radar. Yeah. And that really can be key. Now the forecasted really helps there too, because say you use a seed coat, you know, in, in your fall planting in, in August, and that get might buy you 30, 45 days on your seed coat. Not mm -hmm. that you want to do that, but say you got more food plots to plant than time to do it. So you got to kind of start early, mm -hmm. you, you know, you use a seed coat and you can do that 14 day end date on the historical data to see past just next 72 hours, even further than that, yep. 14 days, what's the next 14 days look like? And you know, hey, this is my period to get all my plots in. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of application for the rain station. Um, one of the cool things about it, so if you want to, right now I'm selected August 20th, 2021 to September 15, 2021. Say I wanna get back to default, just swipe down and close out of that. If you click back on it, it'll take you right back to May 12th, 2022, which is when my start date was yep. to June 28th, which is today. Um, the other thing that you can do, and I, I don't, here's how I use this. So just like a real ring gauge, we have a button that says empty gauge. If you click the three dots at the top right there and empty the gauge, you can empty it. Now I don't empty it until the season's over. And I have a new planting because mm -hmm. I always want to see what that planting on the cumulative. that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I want to see the cumulative. Terry, he likes his to start at January 1st and he wants to see a cumulative for the year because hmm. he looks at that historical, you know, that that's how he's viewing it. Like, hey, sure. I'm this historical data. I'm I'm low on rain for the year as a as a whole or I've had way more rain for the year as a whole so far mm -hmm. than I have in years past. Well, I like to look at it more on a micro level level on the food plot. So I won't empty that rain gauge on this particular food plot until the season's over. Yeah. And then I'll empty it, you know, January 1st or whatever. And then I'll likely empty it again when I go to replant. Mm -hmm. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, and from that day on, I just want to know how much rain I got from that day on. Yeah. Cause you're, you're, you're looking at that plot in terms of the crop that you planted this particular year. Now, you know, here it says food plot, May 12th, 2022. I can edit that. I can click the three dots and go in and edit. You can actually edit the date, the date range. And I have description planted 512.22. So if I go to empty that rain gauge next year and say this, I turn that into a fall plot next year, August 28th, I plant. Mm -hmm. I can go in and edit what that says and 
re you know restate sure. the dates. So um, I'm going to cancel this though and get out of it. So that's that's Rain Station. Um, it's it's a layer and a tool. So if you want to see your existing Rain Stations, you go up to the layers, you click on it, and it turns them on or off. And then if you want to set a new Rain Station, you click the plus sign as a tool. And then you just select where you want to put it, place rain station, test, done, and, you know, uh, Clover. We had a lot of conversations about how to interface Save. with the reticle to actually place waypoints, yeah. rain stations, distances, because we know that a lot of times your hands are cold, you're out in a tree stand, late season or whatever. And maybe you've got a glove on with the little tactile interface with uh, with the screen or not, but it can be hard to try to put your finger on the thing that you're wanting to select. So you just put your hand on the screen, your finger on the screen anywhere, pull the screen around while the hex stays in the middle. And the same as for waypoints, the same as for plot and area for line distance for all of them. The reticle is really is a nice, it's subtle, but it's, it's nice. It makes it user friendly. We say built from the ground up for whitetail hunters because we literally built every aspect of this generation of deer cast for the whitetail hunter. Cause we know how, we know how it's used. We know how you guys are going to want to use it. All right. So one of the other, you know, really cool features here would be the plot area. And you see that I currently have two, um, food plots on this particular farm. And if you select one, like these are the, the actual data points that I put in. So that's why you see so many yards, like you can really get very micro specific with them. And really helpful if you wanted to put a fence around that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so this, this already exists. So you kind of see what I planted on May 12th. Um, that's, that's what I put in the description field. It shows you the perimeter, uh, to your point about the fence, 340.2 yards, as far as the perimeter goes. Um, the area is 0.77 acres. I got non-typical clover planted in there. So, um, I'm going to actually, and you can go edit any of those fields, but what I'm going to do now is actually showcase how we go about putting it in. So, um, to go back from the start, you don't have to have the layer of plot an area turned on necessarily to be able to create mm -hmm. a yeah. new one. So I, t I just turned it off. So you see my food plot disappeared there. And theoretically, if I wanted to, I can go hit the plus sign and hit the plot area button and start a new plot. Real quick, I'm going to cancel out of that. For this purpose, I want to actually have the plot area layer on because I want to see where my existing plot is and base it off of that. So in this food, th this farm, it really had no food on it for deer. Like mm -hmm. it, it was all tillable. And once the farmer harvested the crops, the, it was gone. Mm -hmm. So one of the big things that we're going into to do this year is a lot of food plot architecture, mm -hmm. you know, learning from Mark and Terry and Grant Woods and, and some of these guys that do it so well and, and try to get the deer to come to us. So I've already planted clover with a host crop of oats back in may and in the fall at late summer for fall i'm going to go in and plant radishes on this uh plot that i'm going to real quick show you guys so i go to the tool selection hit the plus sign plot area and to tim's point this is where you can get super super close with your reticle and get very detailed on 
your lines. So um, it's given you the distance between every point that I'm plot plotting. But if I really want to, I can go further out here and say I messed up on the very last one. In the top right, you got a little kind of a three quarters of a circle with an arrow in it. A little back and, button. Yeah, that allows you to go back, back again. Like you can keep going back. Um, so anyways, I'm going to go back here and place a point, kind of follow the shape of my food plot. And this right here is where my plan is to now go across the field to this existing plot that I planted. And I'm going to do this because I want a little bit of a line separation there between the two. And I go back up to the end, click end. Now, here's where you could either delete what you did or save it. This already is telling me I've got 277 yards of, of total perimeter and 0.76 acres. I'm going to save it. Uh, and there, you can either make it an area measurement or a food plot. I'm going to click food plot, title it radishes, radish plot. And then the other thing that you have to do is go down to crop and select your crop. And I'm going to go ahead. We've pre-selected, like we mentioned earlier, a bunch of different crops that you can go to. I'm going to select radishes, click OK. And then I'm not going to fill in a description at this time. So that's how the plot side of it works. But now if I click on it later on, it gives me all those line dis distances and it gives me the acreage uh, as well as what crop that I planted mm -hmm. in there. And you may be wondering, like, what would I use an area measurement for? Well, some of the guys on our team are using the area measurements to actually outline their entire properties. Yeah, it's which, like, let's see, I may have a version of that on another property. So you see here, this gives you an idea of showcasing a full, that big outline is the area measurement. Uh, and then if you zoom in, we got the food plots there underneath it. Uh, and here... In about a week or so, maybe two weeks, you'll be able to select between those two layers and a little bit easier. So that's a plot and area, um, a pretty cool feature that, you know, there's a ton of different uses for uh, here soon as well. We're going to have different colors that you can pick by default right now. The deer cast orange is the color, but there too, that's a, a change that's coming down the pipeline this summer. You'll be able to change the colors. Say I wanted the radishes to be green and um, you know, I'm planting corn and that'd be yellow or, or whatever. So there, there'll be some options coming down the pipeline for us there. Heck yeah. Okay, so I'm going to turn plot area layer off. I'm going to click turn the distance layer off, rain station layer off. While you were selecting that plot area, I couldn't help but notice it. Was, the map was actually showing resolution close enough to where you could see the rows of crops that were planted there previously. Yeah, That's because we worked really diligently to find the best clarity maps that we could. And that was Google just tends to be the big dog as far as it relates to mapping. So Google is our kind of is our source for our for our maps. That's right. We partnered with Google to get the clearest, cleanest map at the at that tight zoom in. But um, one thing to keep in mind is if you're in super rural areas, uh, we're kind of at the mercy of the Google map that they have in there and, and you know what they supply to us. So in rural areas, the map may be a little 
outdated as far mm-hmm. as like, hey, I put a food plot in there last year. It's not showing up. That that type of stuff you do have to be aware of. But we purposely chose Google because of the clarity being so good. It's, yeah, yeah. Because we want you guys to be like, I, I, I was using this to look at particular trees to see if a tree was big enough to potentially get a stand up into. I like being able to do that with the clarity of our maps. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those are some of the things that in beta testing last year, we, we made a lot of changes to back Mm -hmm. and forth and we, we settled on the Google map because, uh, you know, we wanted to partner with something that had the best clarity. Okay. So, um, let's see, we've already gone through parcels, rain stations, uh, plot area distances paths. I can't really show you a new path because I'm not walking, but what I can show you, I'm going to turn on plot area and then I'm going to turn on pass. So when I planted and uh, seeded and cultipacked this new food plot, I turned on path tracker and to follow me to make sure that I was seeding and, and getting coverage. And this one's mm-hmm. showing cultipacking. This is me cultipacking. Um, and I want to make sure I covered everything. So, um, this is a map that this is a path that I've already done. Looks so, like you got it pretty good. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I put in, in the description, you know, planted oats and cultipacted with RTP groundbreaker also bro- broadcast biologic, non-typical clover. The time that it took me to do it was 24 minutes. I went 1.7 miles, average speed of 4.22 miles. I was on the tracker off road, went from 1106 to 1130 AM, uh, on May the 12th. Um, so those are some of the details that you get, um, from your path down the road. Yeah. But if you wanted to record a path while you're blood trailing a deer or accessing your stand or out shed hunting or anything like that, you can do that and just pop it on your creation tools, hit path and, uh, it'll pick up the GPS signal. I found myself using it. You probably do this the same because you're always running trails. I've been finding myself using it just walking the neighborhood and, you know, mm-hmm. just checking it almost like like you utilize a Garmin watch or yeah. Apple watch or whatever and, and using it from an everyday standpoint. I, I use it a lot like that too, totally outside of the hunting side of things. Well, and the precision on the GPS path tracker is so darn good. And obviously it has to do with your view, the phone's view of the sky. It, it does better when it has more of a view, an unobstructed view. Yeah. Uh, but man, it is very like, like uh, I think there was a path that you did or Scott did maybe. And there was a tree that had fallen into the food plot and you could see the little hump where he had to go, go around, around it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very precise. Yep. Okay. So um, waypoints, we haven't really talked about waypoints, but it is something we should cover because, you know, we wanted to make sure that there was a purpose behind the waypoints that are in the app. There's not a billion waypoints and it's pretty easy to find what you need. We will be updating those as the season goes adding on some more. and adding more. We'll add a corn, we'll add a different types of food plots. We'll, you know, all kinds of things that come mm. up, but to start, there's just kind of what you need, I think. So, uh, I'm just going to put a new waypoint in, go back to that plus sign, uh, waypoint and place, place waypoint. Oh, let me go back one. And, and multiple colors are currently available for our waypoints. Yes. That's that's coming for some of our other um, uh, map features, but right now we have colors right out of the so, gate. So here again, you can zoom in, you know, real tight, and that's where that Google, clean Google map comes in. But the reticle allows you to get very accurate in where you want to place your reticle. Uh, that was always a frustration I, I tended to have where I, I couldn't always, you know, you fat finger it. You can't get the, the waypoint exactly where you want it. So um, I'm going to go ahead and place a waypoint here and say, um, just say place waypoint. 
and access the title. And I'm going to show you some of the options here. So, um, you know, the basic animals that, that we hunt, you know, deer, turkey, does, you know, there's possum. Uh, no, there's no possum. No possum. Bedded, bedded deer, you know, track, uh, house, trail camera, um, blood, you know, different types of tree stands, access, camper truck, those types of things. So, we'll, like I said, we'll be adding some more. But for now, I'm going to use access. You can also search these icons, which as we add more, that'll be coming more and more handy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, home pulls up that, that tent with a campfire around it or the home icon. Um, I cancel out of that. I'm actually going to go to access and pick color blue. Now, the other cool thing that you can do at waypoints is actually add a piece of media with it. Um, so you know, say you want to take a picture of your box blind and, and this will come in handy if you have guests and other users mm-hmm. that, that you share waypoints yeah. with, which is something that's coming down the pipeline. Uh, but you can add media and it goes to your camera phone or you can go to your existing library and just add a photo. And that'll be something that, um, you, you can add to, to kind of remember detail about that certain waypoint, which as you get more and more, those things tend to come in super handy. I, I like the, the, the idea of being oh, yeah. able to add in pictures of rubs and scrapes yeah. during the fall as I'm out there yeah. looking around. So, so here I've already added one. This is the, the house and I added a picture, not like I need to know what my house looks like, but I don't know why I liked to put it there. So I did. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, so that's, that's a little bit about the waypoints. There's a lot of uh, cool functionality there. Oh, one of the, the hacks, this is super cool. One of the hacks about it, you can click a waypoint and get directions to that waypoint. So like in an iPhone, it gives you access to Apple maps or, or Google maps or even Uber, which is pretty crazy. much. Yeah. Whatever maps it, your device detects are on your phone. Then you can just pick which one you yeah, want to, so to open. I click Google maps and, um, it asks you if you want to remember that choice to be a default. I don't want it to be my default. So I'm going to click no there, but then it's actually going to come up with directions to that property from where you currently are. And this was always something that I felt like was missing from a lot of the current apps out there because I don't want to always know how to get from point A to point B as the crow flies. Mm-hmm. I want to know how to get to my buddy Chase's farm that he sent me a yeah. waypoint to from St. Louis and he's in Illinois somewhere. That's what I mm-hmm. want to know. Yeah. And, and so I don't want to then try to go find it on a Google map place a pin and then get directions. This makes it, this is one of those deer cast hacks that makes it super simple. Cause from those, from those maps though, then you can easily share that with someone else. Yes. And it comes up in their, in their operating system, the way it ought to display. And, and again, we're going to, we will have, um, you know, in the future here, the ability to share your waypoint mm-hmm. with other deer cast users. So where you click on it and there, you know, you click the three tool button and instead of edit and directions, there's edit directions, share sure. and the ability to do these things. So you could put that onto your map. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of, lot of, uh, uh, things that are still coming down the pipeline. We're always going to be refining it, frankly. Yeah. Um, so those are all the basic layers um, I'll click on radar. My guess is there's nothing because I know there's no rain in the forecast. I might have to go down to like the Gulf of Mexico or something to Look see at if the there's whole any rain. country. What um, do we got? 
Well, and as you're panning, folks should also notice that on the left side of the screen are color spectrums. And those are, that's just a legend for uh, precipitation densities. And if you tap on them, it'll actually tell you, it'll, it'll, it'll define what the legend uh, represents. Which is pretty standard, you know, operating on, on any of the weather apps out there. So, okay. So the, the other thing is keep in mind, it may take it a, a, a couple seconds for it to load. A lot of times what I do is just hit pause on it and let the phone actually load the radar mm -hmm. and then hit play. And as it goes through a cycle, it will cycle through. So there's actually a couple different places we can look at rain here. So I'm going to zoom in on, uh, let's just zoom in here in the Wisconsin area. So you can, as you can see, the quality is really good and the animation is really solid, but you can even dive in pretty close and if, say if you had a waypoint there, your waypoint will actually still show. So if you got a stand, you want to know if you're going to get hit with rain or your current mm -hmm. location, you'll be able to see zoom in super tight like this and see exactly how it's going to hit you, yep. pause on it at a certain point and find out if you're kind of in harm's way or if your farm's going to get rain or whatever you, mm -hmm. you know, whatever reason you need to, to pause it. And there's another deer cast hack embedded here. So in the upper left is your deer cast. It's showing you your location for your, where your current deer cast forecast is being pulled from. Correct. That's separate from what's being shown on the map. But if you wanted to hop to that particular location and see, like if you had your radar layer turned on, all you got to do is tap on it and then it will center the map on, in Matt's instance, Bering, Missouri. Okay, so I'm going to click on the actual DeerCast logo on the top left. And it took me, as you see, right to Bering, Missouri, which is close to a farm that I hunt. So um, the reason that comes in handy Say you're in, say I'm in Bering, Missouri, and I want to go to my farm, my new farm. Well, I switch my forecast predictor, and it, by the way, it's saying it's okay there right now. I click the DeerCast icon, and boom, it takes me over to my new piece. So that's um, th that's a kind of a quick hack that mm -hmm. makes it a lot easier if you're if you're hunting several spots. You want to get the town that's closest to your farm because if your waypoints are on and you click that town, which is where the forecast is coming mm -hmm. from, boom, you're going to go right to to scroll. It's going to pan right to your yep. that spot on the map. On that same token, if you're saying, you know, I'm looking at Wellsville right now, but I, I'm standing in St. Peter's where the office is on the – I'm going to take radar off real quick, the radar layer off. So – all you got to do, there's a reticle looking button at the lower right hand, just right above the search icon. Mm -hmm. You click the reticle and boom, it's always going to take you back to where you're standing currently. Yep. So those are a couple uh, easy hacks. The search button, cool thing about this, um, say you want to search a new piece or search a, a, an area that you're going to go. Uh, I'm just going to say Orlando, Florida, because I just went to Disney World with my kids and boom search function takes you immediately to that part of yep. the map. And so those are quick ways to jump around the map and get to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. um, I'm for now going to hit the deer cast. I am. So I'm, as you look at the screen here, I'm in Orlando. I want to get back to my form, which I have clicked in the prediction here. So it's saying Wellsville, Missouri, click on the deer cast icon. Boom. I'm back right away. And 
we know most people are going to spend most of their time in the satellite map. But if you want, uh, like maybe you're out west and you're looking at a little more topography or you know, other areas or bluffs in Wisconsin, there's a lot of topography in, in southern Missouri. You can, uh, you can toggle through three different types of maps. And on the right-hand side, you see right now SAT. The satellite map is selected because it says SAT, SAT. But if you tap it once... Then you go to topographical, a, a topographical map, and you see relief lines and shading. And you see land contour. So that's kind of helpful, especially if you're looking at maybe I want to figure out where I want to put a food plot, and I want to try to find a, a flat piece of ground, not something that's on an angle. And here in Missouri, it's hard to find flat ground uh, almost anywhere. It seems like, uh, but topographical map will help you do, help you do that. You can hit it again, and it'll take you to a terrain map. Terrain map uh, gives you even greater detail on contour lines, like contours down to, to uh, in some places, 10-foot intervals. Uh, but it'll also show you, like, green typically means vegetation or forested ground, and it'll show you water sources and even historical buildings and things like that. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's anything. Those are the, like, that's the, that's kind of a 30,000-foot view of it. You know, and, yeah. and we, we dove down to about, 5,000 feet on some of them, but you know, we, we, I also know we've been shooting this for a while and I don't want people to get bored, but there's so much that this app can do. And we want to be, Tim said this early on, it's purpose built. Yep. You know, it's purpose built with the deer hunter in mind. So the fact that you can go back to your daily forecast, you know, and, and scroll through there, click on a, on a day, go right to that in the hourly forecast, or you can zoom out a little bit, see the five day, the 10 day, or the 14 day if you need to, to plan out your vacation, plan out rain events. When you couple all these things together, oh, you know what, Tim? We missed a major one. That's right. Wind. 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 Okay, this is this should have been number two. I should have said this one second after a rain station because it's so cool. Okay, I used this one a lot last year in the fall. So it's actually not a layer, it's a tool. Mm -hmm. So if you go down to the tools section, that plus sign, and it's the second thing or the first thing on the bottom left, you click wind check. And what it does is it gives you a scent cone based on the wind speed out to hourly out to five days. So what I'm going to do is I move, I'm moving it over say a certain food plot that I have, but basically if I want to dive in super tight and see what the wind's going to do, I can then fast forward through the next five days of an hourly forecast. And you see that the wind cone is changing direction based on the wind direction, but you also see that the size of the cone changes based on the wind speed. So I'm going to try to find, it's just not windy in this particular spot. Okay, there we go. So that's a seven mile per hour wind. And in the top left there, you see direction, but you also see speed. And it's a seven mile per hour and there's a little I info button there. You click the I info button and it's going to tell you exactly Mark and Terry's opinion of what that wind speed does and how it pertains to, you know, deer hunting specifically. And they break these down into, I think there's like, five or six different breakdowns all the way up to winds over 30 miles an hour which yeah. is 
kind of getting sketchy at that point. And Which it, I think it, that says it. That. says it. Yeah. Um, but what this doesn't account for, just so you know, it's an animation. So what it's not accounting for is topography and thermals. Mm -hmm. So do keep that in mind. You still got to use, just like we say with the deer cast prediction, you still got to use your noggin and decide, okay, is this, you know, is this truly doing exactly that? Because it's an yeah. animation overlay on top of the map based on uh, the hourly data. data. Mm -hmm. So say you're, you're fast forwarded out and you want to quickly get back to now and the you can see there in the 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 top left of this little pop-up modal a little button that says now you click that and it takes you to exactly now which it's 1 p.m um right now <laughs> the another another cool feature is if you pull this modal up a little bit Ooh. it will actually show you some of those key features that you see in that deer cast hourly prediction the barometer rain uh, snow cloud cover so you can dive in a little further past just wind direction and speed which right now there's like i said it's hot and sunny and there's not much of any <laughs> yeah. wind or rain or uh wind speed but that that's a handy tool when you're in season this will be one of those things that i foresee people using non-stop when they're in the stand or in the blind during the season or it, trying to decide yeah. when to go it's really tapping into the power of the deer cast predictive model and it's integrating it into your maps so it's not just hey deer cast has maps but the deer cast maps are uh, are integrated with the deer cast forecast experience so that's just it's unlike anything else that's out there yeah so um that does cover everything minus offline map we didn't really say how to go to that layer but it, it behaves a lot like a google maps does where if you're going to go offline it says to, to you know pick the section of ground that you want and then hit download and it'll start to download in the background and uh and then you'll just have that I'll, I'll do a quick test. So it's it's in layers because it is a layer that you turn on mm -hmm. and off. But if, to, you, if you want to view them, if you want to view them. But if you want to set a new one up, you go down to that tools selection, that plus sign, go to tools and scroll over to the right. Offline maps is that last one. You click it. And then this is where it gives you the one mile, five mile, 10 mile. I'm just going to, for the purpose of this, just do a one mile um, just in a random spot here. Save the map. Uh, test map, boom. And then it gives you the ability to add parcel line data. So the key here is it's parcel lines. It's not parcel information. It won't be the tax address and the, mm -hmm. the you know, the name and all that you stuff. Just see the boundaries. Boundaries. And, and we felt like that was important, especially you get in an offline scenario, to have those boundaries still if you so choose to. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, uh, for the purpose of this, I don't need it. So I'm going to click save without it on. And... Here you see it pop up and it's starting to download just the satellite itself. And this process does take a couple minutes for it to download. So keep that in mind. Personally, I, I like to make sure I have a really good internet connection and I like to just keep it up. I, mm -hmm. It will work if you uh, background the app, but for, for my purposes, I like to just keep it up and let it, and let it run. Yeah. And, and, and there's also another another aspect to this process, and that's just how much free space you have on your phone in memory. So any app is going to start to run a little funky as you start to, like, I got 128 gigs of space on my phone. I'm not bragging, but I do. But once I start getting to 126 or so, everything starts running kind of sluggish. And the more 
offline maps you download, the more space the app is going to take up. So just th that's just something that you need to know. And usually maps are run around 60 megs or so right now as far as downloads. Yeah, I've had some that were a little higher, especially if you go out to the 10 mile area and you have parcel line data included like mm -hmm. a, a, some that are a little higher than that but there too i mean you can have as many maps as you want as as many as, as your you phone space. as long as you got space so you mm -hmm. have to be aware of that but we've accounted for that too where you can go into and th this shows i'm actually in the process of deleting a couple right now um are not deleting a uh, downloading sorry um but here i got one that ellsbury it's already selected so that means i can go in there and go to that offline map or i could go in there and click the three dots and remove from device and that was 26 megs in size yeah so and i think that was a 10 mile so i want to remove this from my device which means the map is still there I can then go re-download it by hitting the cloud and that mm -hmm. download button, but it's not taking up the space. It's not caching yeah. with the map. So that that's key too um, if, you, if you run into space issues. Um, so you see the test map is still downloading, and um, once it downloads, I'll be able to go into airplane mode or offline map mode, and mm -hmm. everything else around the map will disappear. But that particular part that we had selected for download mm -hmm. will stay there your waypoints all your features minus doppler radar if you're you know if you don't have service right will will work so it's it's key when you're out there and you're in crappy areas edge of service areas which is a lot of where we hunt yeah it's yeah, just the, the case and, and so to, to pick a map you go to that layer menu again i have offline maps already selected and it, it'll show you offline map, select a map. And this is where you can click and, and actually hit what you've downloaded. So currently, I don't have anything downloaded, as you see all the clouds there, and then the few couple that are in process of downloading. So I can't actually click anything right now. Mm -hmm. um, but once the test map's done, theoretically, I then just go select a map, click that one, and boom, it pops up. So Heck yeah. that's how it works. Okay, so... Now I'm going to go in and check to see if that map downloaded. Um, so I do have offline maps already. The layer selected. I go to select a map. And yes, it is downloaded. because You can tell because the white button, the white circle to the left, allows you to click it. Test map. And the big thing here is by clicking it, you don't automatically select it. You have to click it. And then in the top right, there's a button. Or it says done. You have to hit done. And then all of a sudden, it took me right to that test map. And if you, as I zoom out, you look to see nothing else around me. It's in offline mode. It's it's acting mm -hmm. as if I don't have any service here. But another way to test that is if I wanted to take the phone into airplane mode, and I, and I could. So, anyways, this is uh, this will give you an idea of the clarity um, there too. We're working on some some improvements as we go to the one mile and five mile. But for now, the one five and 10 are all the same clarity, but um, I could select a waypoint, place waypoint, test, done, deer, boom, save. And now when I go out of offline, so I'm gonna unselect that layer, which takes the maps back online. I'm gonna go to that test area, which was right here. And you see that my map selection, the waypoint that I selected, is there. It's All safe. good. So I'm going to go ahead and delete that. 
edit, go to the bottom and delete, delete waypoint and boom, back to square one. So that's a very quick and high level view. We're going to have Mark and Terry come on and talk about this as we get closer to mm -hmm. the season two. And then you're going to get a master class and how they're using it. Uh, but we want to give our dear, the, you know, give the rack pack, give the hundred percent wild podcast a chance to go in and see it kind of firsthand from us. We've been working on it a long time and testing it and it's kind of our baby. So we want to give you guys a first chance. All right. So, you know, especially if you're still listening to this point, first of all, thank you. <laughs> Second of all, we, we do want to thank you by giving you an a, um, early bird special. Basically, we're not giving any discounts out on especially these new features. So uh, the Rack Pack, the podcasters, we want to give you guys this first stab, 10% uh, off discount. But there yeah. are some hoops you have to jump through if you've never paid for DeerCast before. Yeah. So we're limited by what the app stores allow us to do and they don't talk to each other. So this code is good only on new Elite Plus and new unlimited subscriptions and only on DeerCast.com. So if you purchased your uh, your DeerCast subscription through Apple or Google, you'll have to cancel that auto renew. So cancel that so that it doesn't, it doesn't try to charge you again because it doesn't know that you're buying through DeerCast.com. Cancel that and then go to DeerCast.com, enter the code WILD, and that'll give you 10% off a new Elite Plus or a new unlimited subscription. Yeah, and I think that's a checkout. You know, you got the ability to put the code in at checkout. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. The, the key is you have to go through DeerCast.com. That's where we can offer coupon codes up. And the, the other key is if you have a existing um, um, you know, subscription that you bought through the app stores, you gotta, you gotta cancel, cancel those. Yeah. Cause they'll just keep auto renewing it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's the, that's the setup. We appreciate, um, all you guys We're super excited for this fall. I, I'm more excited about food plotting this year than ever, because I feel like I'll have a firm grasp on what type of precipitation that I'm going to get, mm -hmm. what's coming, when to plant. And um, that's just so key to so many things as it pertains to deer hunting. I, I wanted to talk so badly about this when I killed my safe buck, but I used deer cast maps and I built that plot with the with the the, the food plot and area tool in deer cast. Yeah. I couldn't talk about it. Yeah, oh, it, it's been tough. I mean, we've been beta testing this at great lengths all you know all through last fall and like the wind check, rain station, like those features. You know, path track. We used a lot mm -hmm. of that stuff you know, and on video and, and, and you'll see that content over on the TV shows in 13 and, you know, Bo Madness and all the shows, but, um, we've kept it under wraps th this whole time while we kind of worked out, you know, all the kinks. So, um, we're excited and hopefully you guys will be too. We appreciate you listening. And, um, Tim, I don't even know if we got time for shenanigans this last let's episode. let's let this episode be what it is it's about yeah. deercast maps and then join us next episode we've got a crazy real wild clip of a guy taking a buck in a cut cornfield with a decoy and yeah. it's it'll get your heart racing yeah this is Guaranteed. pretty incredible it's one of Forrest's buddies from over in Illinois it's crazy <laughs> so unreal all right I appreciate y'all and uh, thank you and we look forward to getting your feedback on deercast maps also Here's something you can do to help us out. Give DeerCast a rating in your app store if you haven't already. Yes. We love that. All right. Till next time. Peace out. See we ya. love y'all. See ya. The results are in. DeerCast said great. It doesn't exist anywhere else but in DeerCast. Hunters love DeerCast's exclusive deer movement forecast. Get ahead of your game with DeerCast.